0: To a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: (laughs) It is music and dancing that makes me at peace with the world and at peace with myself. Valeria Tellez interviews Nancy Boss, the author of Singing Through Change, Women's Voices in Midlife, Menopause, and Beyond. Nancy Boss is a vocologist, author of multiple best-selling books, professional singer, speaker, and thought leader. She has taught singing and voice for over 20 years and is the founder of Studio Boss Media, a company that helps people tap into the magic of voice. Nancy's mission is to inspire people to find the freedom to express through voice that part of who they are that connects us all. Love, hope, voice, together, these three builds all of the connections we need. Nancy's work is guided by the philosophy that singing makes people happier, healthier, more peaceful and thoughtful, brings people together, soothes aching hearts, and allows us to spiritually transcend. Nancy has given presentations to many community, business, and academic groups. As a teacher, she has taught on the faculty of Cornish College, Seattle Pacific University, Bellevue College, and independently. She is a member of the Recording Academy, the Pan-American Vocology Association, is a former vice president of the National Association of Teachers of Singing, and is a Distinguished Voice Professional through NYSTA. She is the Director of Operations for the Voice and Speech Trainers Association, VASTA. Nancy received her undergraduate degree from Luther College, Decorah, Iowa. Meet Nancy at nancybaz.me. Here is the interview with Nancy Boz.
2: In your own words, who is Nancy Boss? Well, Nancy Boss is thoroughly enjoying her journey on this planet. I, I feel the spirit in me speaking through me and guiding me to work toward singing and music and helping women find their voices.
0: A lot of times I ask about... Finding purpose in life, how do we know when we found it? Would you consider what you do and how you express yourself in the world a purpose, the purpose of your soul, the purpose of your life?
2: I would. And I'm so grateful that I get to live in that purpose. There, there have been times when I couldn't. There, there was a time when I was managing a lady footlocker. Um, raising my own kids felt a little bit outside of the, the purpose. But what I can see now in my fifties, looking back is that the purpose of helping people find and use their voices has been a through line in my entire life. That's one of the parts that helps me realize this is my purpose. The other part is just checking in daily or even more than once a day. And what is your purpose for today? And it continues to resonate with me. And I'm so grateful for that.
0: My next question is about 2020 and the challenges and change that we've been through. So for you, Nancy,
2: what has changed? What insights have you gained? Well, 2020 was a, a year of planned pivot for me anyhow. Uh, because my kids were no longer needing me on a daily basis, and I could finally fulfill the the dreams that I had toward my purpose. So I was planning on pivoting in 2020. And, and what do you know, the universe provided an <laughs> okay. inc- incredible opportunity <laughs> to do that. Uh, and and so the opportunities that I've had this year to um, look within, to realize what's really important. I mean, I think we all looked at like, okay, what am I actually able to do? What what are my skills? What does it mean to be alone? Can I live with myself? And what would it be to make the world a better place moving forward? And those are the gifts of 2020 for me.
0: and Certainly for most of us going inside, relying on ourselves. That's what came to me, more inner work, uh, inner reliance or trust. That's even better. I actually like that word, trust.
2: I I would add to that, that that we all experience grief directly or indirectly. And and I think that we all had to deal with death in a way that most of us uh, who would be in this first world economy haven't had to deal with death before. And yeah, that's been eye-opening and refreshing.
0: What is the meaning of death to you, Nancy? How do you see that event?
2: Yeah, for, for me, um, there, there is, of course, a giving up of the body uh, in my belief. And I believe that we continue on in the spirit world. But regardless of what each person believes, the idea that the spirit continues um, full of love and grace is the most beautiful and exciting thing about death.
0: And this is um, I know it's for some of us it's a belief system. We believe that life continues. I'm wondering if, for you, it moved from a place of belief to a place of knowing.
2: Hmm. well, knowing only for me right, right. <laughs> I, I, yes. I, you know we get we get mixed messages uh, from every direction and and, and you you found that hmm. different people know different things and sometimes conflicting things. Uh, so yeah, only for myself. So my other question
0: is about, yeah, the question that I had before about purpose is the purpose of life. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience as a whole?
2: For me, that's a, that's a really tough one. I'm I'm still definitely not in the uh, decided <laughs> <laughs> phase of that. Right. <laughs> in in a way, right. it seems uh, like the the purpose is different for each person. For some people, their purpose seems to be accumulate wealth or accumulate love or give love. Uh, for me, uh, part of my purpose is just to experience this life as much as possible. And I think most of us want to make life better for other people. Looking Mm. a little bit more deeply into that, if we're all trying to make life better for other people, then why isn't life a heck of a lot better? So (laughs) I I get confused about that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's an interesting insight that I have had by talking to so many people, asking that specific question. I get that answer a lot. We're here to help others. And you just brought something that I never thought about. If we're all here to help others, why is the world not a better place?
2: I know that there are people who believe in evil and they would um, certainly at this, at this moment be saying, well, of course, it's because there's, there's evil. Um, yeah. I personally haven't come down firmly on the, on the idea that there is evil. I'm not sure about that. I know your work is um,
0: directed to women. So let me ask you this general question. What is
2: to be a woman? Oh, that is a great question. The concept of woman for me is not spirit, but body the body that we inhibit and inhibit, inhabit, excuse me, (laughs) which is often inhibited. Um, And and so from a physiological perspective, being woman means someone whose body is washed with estrogen and progesterone for a good chunk of the life. Also, not so much washed with testosterone and that difference between the hormones, we even see it actually before the hormones become a really strong influence in you know a, yeah. a four, five, six, seven, eight year old children. So there's more there than than I'm aware of for a physiological standpoint. But what does it mean with how the culture treats and values us as women, including women in that culture? What? are we given? What gifts do we have as women that are exciting that we should appreciate and accept, but also what has been denied us as women by men or by others? And yeah, there's, there's a lot to this complicated picture of what is a woman.
0: Do you feel it's becoming more clear
2: these days? Are we um, evolving? Well, I do think that women are becoming more empowered, but for me, it's not becoming more clear because Mm. I live in the world of the arts where um, gender is certainly not binary and can often be fluid. Uh, And just realizing that uh, some of us may call ourselves a female, but land very close to the androgynous middle line where others might be on the far side. And so seeing the whole spectrum of gender Definitely doesn't add clarity, but it helps me uh, see people with more grace and love.
0: And happiness. What is happiness to you, Nancy? What is your understanding of that state of being or of mine?
2: Well, I can come up with a few words that pop into my heart and soul when I think of happiness. I think of inner peace and certainly gratitude. A person can choose joy, and I don't think that joy and happiness are exactly the same thing, but by a person mentally, choosing joy, oftentimes the body and the spirit then also get to experience that joy. And gratitude is often a part of that in combination.
0: Another question I have is about freedom. What is the meaning of freedom to you?
2: Well, I can only speak to the meaning of freedom for myself. I am so fortunate to have been entirely raised and grown in an environment where where I've had the most freedom that any women have had, I believe, in most of the history of the world. So in in the concept of expanding my personal freedom, where can I find more freedom in a, my life? Yeah, I, I guess I'm more these days looking for making sure that I don't cage myself in or let other people take away my freedom. If that
0: is uh, something that it's fundamental. Like for me, has been really a challenge this idea of creating boundaries,
2: say no. How do you deal with that? <laughs> yeah, our boundaries part of freedom. That's yeah. Um, I've had a, a concept that I've been working with of tailwinds. So the the idea is that you're if you're on a ship, uh, if you are a ship and a sailboat, and you are free to let the winds blow you wherever they may you might not get anywhere or make any progress toward any goal if the winds are always just having their way with you. Instead, if you have tailwinds, winds that are blowing you towards something with the sailboat, that could be equated to boundaries. I am going to work within these parameters toward my purpose or my goal. And so that is, in a way, choosing less random freedom in order to have that long-term picture in mind.
0: At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need?
2: Well, learning how to communicate. We have more communication opportunities <laughs> than we've ever had before. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so what, which communications do we receive and how do we communicate the most positive messages to the world? I think that's our biggest challenge right now. So you wrote the book, Singing
0: Through Change. Women's Voices and Midlife, Menopause and Beyond. So two initial questions. How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book?
2: Well, how I became a writer was a a slow journey over time. I started by uh, writing articles on the encouragement of my mentor for a publication in the world of singing, which is the um, Journal of Singing. And my articles there were very successful. And then I became an editor for that in 2005, I wrote Singing 101, which was a CD set meant for people to sing and listen in the car. And marketing was very different in 2005 than it is now. So in 2017, when I turned it into a self-published book and it did very well, I just kept writing. Each thing that I wrote got a little better. The Teen Girls Singing Guide was the next book. And and that one, I, I'm so proud of that book. And then the Singing Through Change, I wrote with two co-authors. Because it covers a massive amount of information um, for mind, body, and spirit, it isn't a work that one person could do alone. So my co-authors are uh, Kate Fraser Neely, uh, and Kate is a big picture person. She really understands the philosophy and the woman's journey like no one else, and she's had so many physical challenges, and and brilliant. My other co-author Joanne Hayes Bozeman is a deep thinker. She goes deep on research. She's always talking about rabbit holes that she goes into. Uh, And uh, so the three of us together, we often joked that we made one great author between the three of us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for collaboration with other women. The purpose of the book is that, you know, we included the word menopause in the title, but which is actually honestly um, what we wanted to include, but we also included the word midlife, because so many women are in denial about the positive aspects of menopause. And so if we can reach a woman with the word midlife, oh, well, yes, I'm in the middle of my life, rather than saying, oh, I'm in the menopausal journey, heck no. Right. Um, so, <laughs> true. So, yes. some, some reviewers told us that this is a book about menopause from the perspective of singing. And what we found is that very few women in their 30s and 40s were aware of what perimenopause was and the perimenopausal journey or that the changes to the hormones that, yeah, sure, they affect our cycles, our monthly cycles, but they also affect our ears, our eyes, our skin, our throat, um, you know, everything that estrogen has impact in the entire body and um, to expect those changes. And when you, here's the big one. When you run into rough situations with your body in your especially 40s, do not accept self-blame. Don't think there's something wrong with me or I'm embarrassed to even go to a doctor about this or I can't talk to my partner about this. It's not your fault. It is because these hormones are just, it is the, it is the journey that our body is on. Right. So your spirit needs to accept that, hey, I, I can honor this and I can move forward in this. Now, my passion is singing. And what I have found is that there is kind of this this cliff that, that uh, women who sing fall off of sometime right around menopause, that they'll be singing, singing, singing when you see the opera stars, when you see uh, pop and rock stars. Sure, there's the, the sexy element, but you cannot tell me that Tina Turner was not sexy in her 60s and 70s. So I call baloney on that one. It's something happened there to their voices where they stopped singing. And so that was the impetus for the book is what's going on? What can we do about it? Because I know I sure as heck don't want to stop singing. And both of my co-authors did indeed stop singing and needed to look for solutions. So this was a book of healing for them.
0: I love that. Um, I love everything about it. And I have lots of questions myself. I'm not a singer, but I see the change and I'm mm-hmm. 44 now, and mm-hmm. I also noticed that within that's my experience, my current husband in the in the first one, they all have this um, idea that women are not supposed to feel the way they do, especially in that period of uh, with the hormones, uh, the chains yeah, of perimenopause. hormones. Right, mm-hmm. that's what it is, right? And I'm wondering what to do in this case. I tried communicating and. But it's really a challenge. That's, it might be, yeah, that's another challenge I have personally. And I, I know a lot of women go through that too, trying to explain themselves to their husbands and the men yeah. in the family.
2: So what would you suggest, Nancy? Well, you're you're absolutely right. They have no idea. Yeah. They, right. they, and they, they have no yeah. experience in their life even with the monthly cycle, except that it's an annoyance to them if yeah. it's our partner. Yeah. And right. how often do women get accused of being highly emotional or even yeah. the origin of the word hysteria, the origin of that word is tied to hysterus, which is the uterus, right? Oh. The ancient Greek word. And so even the concept of hysteria has always been attributed to women as a weakness, right? So... Yeah. First thing I want to give you is permission. Yes, you're having trouble talking to the men in your life, and there's a good reason why they cannot get it. Right. The, the advice, though, is don't stop. Mm. Don't stop talking yeah. to them, and don't take the blame. Say, this isn't my fault. This is something my body is going through. I, I might add that um, most of the women in the generation prior to ours had at least considered having hysterectomies if didn't actually have them. And so there is a, 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 an absence of information, a dearth of information from the generation of women who are currently in their 60s and 70s and 80s because male doctors removed their uteruses wow. to solve whatever problem they were having. Wow. I am grateful that we have moved to the point where that isn't happening as much. It's only happening when medically necessary now and that men are starting to listen. But we have to keep talking. We have to keep talking.
0: Is there a way of talking, Nancy, or just express ourselves the way it comes without any filter?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, <laughs> if you look at the, the yin, mm-hmm. yin and yang side of communicating, yeah. it might be best to talk to a man from the more direct, and, and believe me, I'm not talking mm-hmm. from a place of expertise here, but oh. i found that talking to my husband as a man would talk to him might make him understand a little better and to receive a little better. And that is staying, saying, I am not looking for you to fix me. I am not looking for you to try to relate to what I'm going through. But what I need you to understand is that this is what all women go through. And I am I am honoring you by helping you understand my journey and how it's going to affect our relationship from my perspective, the way
0: I see life is just, I love this idea of collaboration, of making things, working together with other people. And so I do whatever it takes to really come from that place of strength, but also compassion, because yes. I feel for others and I know they don't know, they yet don't know. So I try to consider that too. Yeah, be in a place of balance, per se, if there is one.
2: I have to say, compassion for ourselves, right? right? And and so if the person that you're talking to is not receiving what you're telling them, then ask yourself, what's the compassionate thing for myself in this situation? Mm. Take care of yourself first.
0: So what are some of the impacts, uh, Nancy, of hormonal change when it comes to the voice, but not just the voice. I know this is your area of expertise and I wanted to ask you another question, actually, when it comes to that. But um, yeah, you know, how does it impact us in different areas, the body, the mind, and the spirit, as you mentioned earlier?
2: The actual, um, the voice is is impacted by um, the, the loss of estrogen in that the, the epithelium, the skin around the vocal folds gets a little bit thicker um, and the muscles of the vocal folds can get a little weaker, just like they do through our entire body. And so so there's those direct impacts. Another um, direct impact is something that women notice through their whole bodies, and that's dryness. A dry throat becomes a massive issue for women, and it can't be solved by any amount of drinking water because it's how our mucus and saliva glands are impacted by the changes to estrogen. I'm, I'm afraid I might have lost your question just a little bit, but but I would say that there are also impacts of menopause that are on the much larger scale that we're all aware of. And that is we start having our sleep gets messed up because serotonin right. is impacted by estrogen. And if you're not sleeping well, then your muscles don't have time to recover. So the next day that you wake up, your body is tired and you maybe can't do as much. And you can have that problem night after night after night after night for years. And then there's the the changes to our I would say most women can start to embrace mental stableness as the estrogen starts to wane off and become much more stable. And so we, we reached this, um, forgive my language, but this, I don't give a damn stage in our lives where we don't care so much what people think of us and we're, we're, we're more consistent and more brave. And that is something mentally that we can very much welcome. On the other hand, this um, perimenopause and menopause stage can bring in brain fog, where mm-hmm. we don't think clearly. Um, the best advice on that nutrition-wise is to increase your soy and your protein, um, but still, it's something that not everyone can get away from. So there's kind of a general roundup.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I relate to most of them. The voice are never paid attention because that is something that, in your case, as a singer and singers, that that's, yeah, affects them and that's something that they probably notice immediately. Uh, In my case, sleep, yeah, for sure. Sleep and brain fog, it slows down the brain. It's interesting the way I have seen those chains, I have uh, experienced and addressed them. I kind of know what I have to do nutrition, which I, I think I'm good at it, the way I eat, exercise, you know, and that's one thing that I really try to do. And I also flow with it. I try not to judge. Good. I love yes. the way you say embracing yeah, those changes. So it's very important that we mentally, emotionally embrace change with compassion. Go, goes back to that word. Absolutely. Yeah, I do have a question about, you call perimenopausal. What are the signs, Nancy? How do we know when this is the case? Is there an age range? I'm 44 and I, mm-hmm. I haven't been to the doctor yet. It should be. Well, <laughs> I, I should,
2: I should, at 44, I was I was trying to fly alone with this. Um, it, it's it's mm. called either perimenopause or premenopause. Mm. Um, the word first rose to prominence only 20 years ago. And frankly, I hadn't even heard it until I was about 47. Wow, and I'm okay. now 50, uh, 52, almost 53. And the perimenopause can last up to 10 years. Some women only notice these changes to their sleep and dryness and fog and and other changes, maybe um, perhaps autoimmune system reactions to the changes in estrogen. Some women only experience those two years before they actually hit menopause. Menopause is the weirdest thing. It is the definition uh, is very, again, Mm man-centered. It is 12 months after your last period. That's the day that you can say that you have entered menopause. In other words, the symptom of not having your periods anymore is one of many symptoms of the menopausal process. But in this culture, we use it to define the moment. But I prefer to look at it all as as a continuum that can last for 10 to 15 years. It can start 10 years before that symptom of final period. It can start two months before that sign of final period. The doctors, the naturopaths and the OBGYNs are the best resources. I, I personally lean toward the naturopathic doctors to help us with a holistic way of dealing with this rather than just looking at the at the uterus. And
0: speaking of healing, talk to me for a moment about the connection between singing and healing. And also, why did you become a singer or how did you become a singer?
2: I don't know how I became a singer. It's just something I can't even, you know. But the other answer is so big that I'm just going to go straight there. Yeah. Um, the 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 healing of singing is is I, I could talk for this for hours, Valeria. So just stop me. Uh, but the the healing of singing happens in mind, body, and spirit, and that's all highly documentable and researched throughout time. Singing has been the most important vehicle for communication for communities. For uh, imagine prior to current modern times with technology, sitting around the fire or being in a worship service or in a communal service, singing together. We still see pieces of that in our culture when sporting events have singing, when political events have singing. We realize the community building of singing, right? How it brings us together. And that's been true through all time. But also the idea that mothers, as long as we've been human, we have always sung to our babies and our children to comfort them to give them ease, right? And sometimes life is so exciting that you just want to burst out in song. <laughs> that's and that's true. what all of Broadway is about, is yeah. bursting out in song because things are so exciting. So there's there's a, an eons old need for humans to sing. And it helps us with our parasympathetic nervous system and how our body talks to itself. But if you believe that we are vibration, that our spirit is vibration and energy and oh my goodness, we have these two little vocal folds in our throat that right now are in my voice are fluctuating about 250 times per second that they're coming together. That is the essence of vibration. And if I were to close my eyes and just listen with every nerve in my body, I could feel the vibrations of my voice through my whole body. So there's that physical health healing side, right? So we've got the emotional connection, the community connection, the, um, the spirit and the body all enhanced by singing.
0: The way you explain the connection, it's,
2: it's like a song. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, the most you. singing too. It's beautiful. Well, absolutely. And there are languages on this planet that are that are based on pitch modulation, right? Um, yeah. The most expressive voices, the people who <laughs> they go all the way up and they go all the way to the bottom of their voice. Those are the ones that get our attention, right? True. We want to hear that story. Yeah, so true. There's something about sound. Yeah, that is just. Um, it's someone's energy going into our ears yes. and into our brains. Yes. How exciting. And what a way to share ourselves. Yes. And maybe that's why
0: one of the reasons that I chose to have the podcast Sound Voice Only, it might be for that reason. I absolutely love sounds, music, and um, it reminds me of nature itself. It's the, the harmony of nature, this dance, this movement in nature. Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah, that's how my body and the whole being, how it connects to sound. It's just something about, yeah, really above even words when it comes to that. So thank you, Nancy, for -hmm. bringing this message as a reminder uh, to us to reconnect with our own voices, uh, not just physically, but in every way. So your work, along with the two other authors, is just so rich There's so many topics and um, explored there that I know 30 minutes of conversation is not enough to go through everything. So I have so many other notes here, but I guess before I ask you my final questions, let me ask you one more question. That is uh, um, hormone therapy. Talk to me about that, if this is one option, and also the alternative medicine.
2: Hormone therapy uh, is taking estrogen and progesterone supplements either because you're struggling with menopause or you've gone into sudden menopause by having a hysterectomy or cancer treatments that cause menopause. Because the symptoms of that drop off of estrogen can be so severe, it can be important to have this pharmaceutical option to help ease our way and make it possible for our bodies to more graciously live in this time, so that we can continue to pursue our dreams rather than feeling like we're ill with symptoms. So, right. hormone therapy is a gift of modern medicine to help women who need that prescription. It is not for everyone. And some people simply aren't allowed to take it because it would cause too much of a cancer risk in their specific situation, right? Other women feel very strongly pulled to live the life that this body was put on this planet to live, you know, hell or high water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I, I don't negate any of those. And so mm-hmm. it's important that you're... you're Gynecologist is likely to say, "Oh, well, let's get you on hormone therapy, also called hormone replacement therapy. Those are those are interchangeable." And that is that that doctor's job is to make you feel better by giving you the tools that that will help with that. On the other hand, there might be good reasons that you want to go through those challenges and uh, without assistance. Or you might want to look for nature and the way that nature has solved these challenges over the eons. And that might be um, through meditation, mind-body awareness, supplements like um, using vegetative s- sources of estrogen like, like soy to help with the process or yam or, or other alternative methods. But it is a chance to get to know your body better and to, to react. Now, I must say, if you are busy raising children taking care of aging parents, trying to hold on to a career and maybe trying to hold on to a life partner, there might not really be time in your life right now to add meditation, a half hour of exercise, you know, all these other things. It might just be too complicated. Uh, And so give yourself grace, know that it's fine to take hormone therapy. I I personally do, and I hope to do so for a very long time. I interviewed somebody
0: about hormone therapy Mm
2: -hmm. and I remember being hesitant about it.
0: Like for myself, oh, I wouldn't do that automatically, mm-hmm. but I didn't yeah. know exactly why, so from your perspective is actually a good thing
2: it is um, the the problem that um That we run into is back in 2001, there was a massive study that was ended prematurely because some of the women in this study in their 80s um, died from cancer. So it's like, okay, this study is not safe. We're not going to do it. And the media reported very heavily on that back in 2001, that hormone therapy causes cancer. And so the women for the next 10 to 15 years were pulled off hormone therapy if if they could. Studies since then and reanalysis of that particular um, gigantic study have shown that the media did not report it correctly and that this isn't nearly as awful as we were led to believe that for many, many women, they can live for a very long time on hormone replacements um, or hormone therapy without any issues at all. Thank you for sharing
0: the information. Nancy, that's important for me and my audience. That's uh, oh, very I, helpful. I
2: wish the media would have reported the, the new information as well yeah. as they reported the first. Yeah.
0: So right. thank you. <laughs> right, right. And that sometimes happens. Yeah. They only show one side. The it's bad not, news. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. right. So we're almost at the end of the conversation. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book?
2: I would love to read a passage in the book. Yes, what I'm going to read from you for you is from the introduction, starting if from the print version, it's on page seven. The relationship between hormones and the voice has been known since the 8th and ninth centuries, but only as it affected male vocal development. It wasn't until the 1940s that the effect of hormones on the female voice was considered in scholarly articles. There was little understanding about the evolving stages of the female voice through the entire lifespan or how our hormones, emotional health, and physical health are interdependent. Each impacts the other's relatively few studies have been done on singing and the female voice through midlife as compared to all other studies on men and women in their life changes now that we are beginning to understand and respect that women are what women are experiencing it is clear that the changes aren't all in our heads there are real biological and physiological processes happening to our bodies minds and voices causing them to evolve the more we know the more we can help ourselves and each other yes So true. Thank you again, Nancy, for your
0: work. It's a very important one. I'll definitely go back to the book, read more, and educate myself, in in, in essence, because this is something that I need some, not really major help, uh, because I feel really good most of the time. But yeah, I need to get more information, not to create those uh, conclusions that I have in the past about being anti certain things like hormone therapy without knowing.
2: That's right. And, and it, the book is about singing, but I think that throughout the whole book, other words could be um, a, a put in the place of singing, uh, dancing, art, um, any other physical expression.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt. Yes.
2: If you knew you would die soon, meaning
0: losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way?
2: I believe that I've traveled the journey that I was intended to travel. If there was one thing I would do differently, I think it would be to resist it less. Mm, right. <laughs> stop getting right. in the way of my own journey. Yes, beautiful message too. <laughs>
0: and a wonderful reminder for all of us. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment?
2: Oh my, that's a big one to end on. The three things that I know about life right now, as of this moment, is that there's more to this life than what there appears, that we are all deeply interconnected. And for me, love is the greatest gift that we
0: have. Thank you so much, Nancy, for your grace, your beautiful presence, your work, uh, for sharing the wisdom uh, with all of us, the knowledge and wisdom, both of them. You're about to say something. I know I have a Yes, I just question. wanted to say yeah.
2: thank you to you so much, Valeria, for, for making this possible, for helping to spread the word about so many important topics. I'm so grateful to be here. Where can we
0: find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects?
2: I have two good websites to go to for the books. Um, One is the publishing company, which is Studio Boss, S-T-U-D-I-O-B-O-S dot com, Studio Boss Media. And then my own personal website is nancyboss.me. And again, Boss has just one S.
0: I'll have those links on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Nancy. And we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, Valeria. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Nancy Boss and her work, please visit nancyboss.me.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.